Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Gun episode 90, I'm Skylar Callahan, and that is the signal caller, Jed Drenning. And it's Phil Friday, which means we're this much closer to football here this weekend. West Virginia will be taking on Texas Tech. And here in just a moment, we will be talking to college football's best. That is Phil Steele. We'll talk some top 25 matchups, Big 12, and West Virginia, Texas Tech, of course. But before we get into that, we're going to uh, well, first, uh, thank you to Bet Online for sponsoring this episode of In the Gun. Uh, Bet Online, where the game starts. And Jed, last week we made our picks for the backyard brawl, and we were joking about it before we got into this because one of them was which quarterback was going to throw for the most yards, Garrett Green or Phil Dracovic. And Dracovic played the whole game. Garrett Green only played a series in two plays, yet. Uh, he barely won this thing. I mean, it, it, you would have thought he would have won this thing going away, but um, that's not necessarily the case. He had a rough day at the ballpark, 8 of 20, had three picks. Uh, I think he finished with, what, 81 passing yards or something like that? 81 yards. Jerkovic threw for 81, and obviously Garrett left the game, snapped five, whatever yeah. it might have been. And, uh, yeah, something tells me that Garrett Green was going to throw for more than 81 <laughs> yards. the downfield concepts that we had built into the game plan with him. But uh, so we both missed that one. Or, excuse me, you got that one right. You picked your yeah. Garrett. Uh, and we also picked, and this was kind of interesting, we said last year in Pittsburgh, it was kind of a tale of two halves. You had 69 total points scored, but it was 10 10 at the half last year. Meanwhile, the teams blew up for 49 points in the second half. So we tried to pick which half will have more points this year. Did we both go with the second half? I think we did. I, I know I did. I'm not sure which one. I you think did. I did too. I, I think you did second uh, half. So yeah. at the half, West Virginia was up seven to six. So that's 13 total points. The second half, the Mountaineers shut them out, shut Pitt out 10 to nothing. So the first half had more points. So we missed that one. Uh, and then we went with the uh, over under 150 rush yards by West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia, what, 151? Yeah. <laughs> so with a hair on our chinny chin chin, we both went over. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's the only one I hit and I barely hit it. But uh, interesting, we're going to double back after we have Phil on uh, in that closing segment. Uh, we're looking at some for the Texas Tech matchup. Again, we're trying to carve these so they uniquely fit that individual game that week in our own little in-house uh handicapping uh machine here so <laughs> yeah I, I you know honestly it was so funny because i was thinking during the game it was like seven to three at one point or seven six first half and i'm like oh yes that bet that i picked the over in the second half there i'm gonna fly past that like there's no way i'm not gonna hit that what do you know we don't even get there so it is what it is um so we're gonna we're not gonna keep you waiting any longer. We're gonna get right to Phil right after this break. And uh, again, we're gonna toss some Big 12 top 25, West Virginia, Texas Tech, all right here coming up around the corner on in the gut. 
Nobody supports the Blue and Gold Mountaineers like Toothman Ford. With over 20 NIL deals and counting, Toothman Ford continues to rally behind our student-athletes. And it's time we rally and support the dealer that supports the Mountaineers. Not only does Toothman Ford offer the best prices in the state on pre-owned, their never-over MSRP campaign on new Fords guarantee to, to save, save you thousands. thousands. Drive with pride all season long, knowing you're supporting the dealer that fuels our Mountaineers. Toothman Ford, where cars cost less. In Grafton and at ToothmanFord.com. For more West Virginia Mountaineer football content, be sure to follow us on Twitter at In the Gun Podcast. All right, here we go. It is Phil Friday with Phil Steele. You can get his magazine at Books A Million and Barnes and Noble. Phil, thank you for joining us again. Uh, we've got a lot of really good games. Me and Jed had a hard time really putting this list together uh, to, to get your take on some of these, but we'll just fly right on into it. Uh, we'll start with an ACC matchup, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Florida State favored on the road at Clemson. How about this? Florida State obviously had the uh, the near loss last week. They survived, but what do you think about this matchup? Can Florida State go into Death Valley there and, and pull out a win? Well, I'll tell you, the majority of the people think Florida State is by far the best team in the ACC, but uh, I think Clemson's a little under the weeds right here. And, you know, Clemson's won, lost a grand total of one home game the last six years in Death Valley, one. Wow. Uh, and they, you go back to that Duke game, they had a 29 to 17 first down edge. They got down inside the five-yard line like three times and didn't score. It was just a game where everything that could go wrong went wrong. Uh, and last week, you know, FAU scores on a halfback option pass in the final minutes of the game against the backups to make it 48-14. to 14. As long as Kate Klubnik does not turn the ball over, I think they have the defense that can uh, contain uh, Florida State here. They have an offense with Shipley and Maffa. Uh, I, I think actually Clemson wins this one at home and they're going to be pretty happy during the underdog role for this, I think. Only one home loss in the last six years. I like Clemson, too, and I'm putting this in air quotes, guys. Pull the upset. <laughs> <laughs> Let's jump out west, Phil. Everything Dion does is a story, and he's taking his Buffaloes out to Eugene to face Dan Lanning's Oregon Ducks. And it wasn't that long ago Dan Lanning was throwing a bit of shade. So top 20 matchup here. How do you see this unfolding? You know, when it comes to the Pac-12, everybody's talking about USC and Washington, but I think Oregon's playing the best of the, the teams right now. you got Bo Nix at quarterback. you got Autzen Stadium, which is just unbelievable. They never lose there. And with Colorado, I tell you what, a great story. And Shadur Sanders is fantastic. But look at their line. I mean, their offensive line, they're averaging two yards per carry. They're giving up 16 sacks. And that's because Shadur Sanders is avoiding sacks. And the defense has given up five yards per carry. Oregon's going to be able to run the football. Oregon's going to be able to put pressure on the quarterback. And Colorado just lost their best offensive player, Travis Hunter, and their best defensive player, Travis Hunter. Yeah, he's the same guy. Uh, now, now they're trying to figure out who the cornerback is to cover that, the receiving core. They're going to try to, you know, Xavier Weaver's one guy, Shadur Sanders is one guy. But Oregon dominates the line of scrimmage and wins this thing by more than three touchdowns. I like the Ducks big here. Going over to the SEC, a top 15 matchup, number 15 Ole Miss at number 13 Alabama. And Ole Miss ran a tick under two, uh, 300 yards last week against Georgia Tech, ran for 299. Alabama's got a little bit of a quarterback issue, it seems. They only beat South Florida last week 17-3. Can Alabama fall to 2-2 two and two here, Phil? 
You know, uh, this would be my last test with the Tide. They need to pass this one. Uh, if they don't, they're uh, they're they're headed for a long, long season. But don't be surprised if after this game, everybody's back on the, the Tide bandwagon and, and they'd still be the favorites to win the West. You know, I think putting Jalen Milrow is a good thing. The offensive line has struggled. They've given up five sacks each of the last two weeks. And if you follow Old Miss games the last two weeks, they've sort of been misleading finals. You go back to that yeah. Tulane game. Mississippi's up by uh, three, seven points late in the game. Score a couple of late scores, win by 17. Georgia Texas seven-point game in the fourth quarter, and all of a sudden, boom, they score three touchdowns, including one very late after an onside kick to win it by 25. I uh, haven't been blown away by Ole Miss so far this year. I think Alabama's in the circle of the wagons game at home. I like to move back to Milrow, the more, more mobile quarterback. I'm going to take the tide by more than a touchdown at home here. Let's jump back out to the Pac-12, Phil. How about the left-behind bowl where you have ranked Oregon oh. State at ranked Washington? Is this kind of the de facto Pac-2 championship game? What do you see playing out here? Yeah, it is the Pac-2 championship game. And this one I'm, I'm torn on, guys. Got to be honest with you. I think Oregon State's a better team. They've got the run game. They've got the defense. You know, DJ Uyunglele is a decent quarterback. Not a great quarterback, but a good quarterback. And really what was missing. But they don't play as well on the road. Washington State is playing really well. And the Palouse is a tough place to play. Ask Wisconsin. They beat Wisconsin, which is a very good team. Uh, at home this year, they went on the road and thumped Colorado State, the same team Colorado struggled with. So I, I think this game is a pure toss-up in my mind. Washington State's at home has a shot, but uh, this is one where I'm just going to have the popcorn, be watching it, and uh, and take in these two teams. But it'll be a great Pac-2 championship game. I love the Pac-2. Uh, Ohio State at Notre Dame. If you look at the ESPN Football Power Index, they have the Buckeyes giving them a 65% chance to win this game. I don't know if I trust that numbers, those numbers. I, I'm more interested to hear your what your computers say about this, Phil, because I think Notre Dame is the better football team. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I think the wrong team's favored here. I mean, uh, the one area Ohio State has the advantage is wide receiver. They've got the most yeah. explosive wide receivers. Uh, Notre Dame has decent receivers, but nothing compared to Ohio State. However, let's look at the running backs. You know, I'll take Estime and Love against Henderson and Trainum. Uh, let's take a look at the offensive line. I feel Notre Dame's got the superior offensive line. Ohio State hasn't really been tested. Youngstown State, Western Kentucky, Indiana, they will get the test in South Bend. Defensively, I'm going to give a slight edge to Notre Dame here, very slight edge. Special teams, I'm going to give the edge to Notre Dame. And then uh, what's a position I'm missing? Oh, quarterback. <laughs> I'm going to give a large edge to Notre Dame here. Sam Hartman, I feel, is a Heisman candidate, 13-0 ratio, a veteran, been in every big game out there. Kyle McCord last week took on a weak Western Kentucky defense and looked great. But this will be his first real road test. I know they played at Indiana, but Ohio State had the crowd edge. This is the first real road test. You've got a young quarterback against Sam Hartman. I'm taking Notre Dame to win this one outright. Let's head back to stay in the Big Ten, I should say, Phil. And uh, what I want to ask you about is under the lights in Happy Valley, Iowa's still trying to get things right offensively. Seemed to click a little bit on that side of the ball against Western Michigan. Penn State survived their test at Illinois. How do you see things uh, unfolding at uh, Beaver Stadium? Yeah, well, the key last week for Penn State covering against Illinois was the turnovers. Altmaier threw five interceptions. You look at the first downs, they were even at 20. Penn State only had like a 29-yard edge in the game, but the five turnovers really helped them win that game by 17. So not blown away, but I expected Illinois to give them a game, and they did. Now with Iowa, 
The key is going to be, can they stay in this game? Because if they're playing from behind, playing catch-up, they're in trouble. They did lose their tight end, Luke Lachey. He's out for the year. They are down their top two running backs. Uh, but last week, uh, they they had their third string uh, running back come in, and uh, Williams rushed for 145 yards. They've got an improving offensive line. Cade, Cade McNamara has not looked great. I expect him to improve as the season goes on. But it's a Phil Parker defense. It's an Iowa special teams. I think they can, as long as they keep stay in the game, this will be a tight ball game. But like I said, if Penn State was to get, let's say, a couple of turnovers like last week and all of a sudden get up by 14, then it could get ugly. But uh, I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. I'm leaning with Iowa to keep this one closer than expected. Yeah, Phil, let's uh, turn the page over to the Big 12 slate here. And it's uh, let's start here with Oklahoma at Cincinnati. Obviously, Cincinnati tripped up last week in overtime against Miami of Ohio. We actually talked about it here on the show about this could be a, a look-ahead situation. That's exactly what happened. Is, is this a, an opportunity for Cincinnati? Do you feel like they can get back on track and give Oklahoma a serious push here in their first Big 12 game? Uh, they're going to give it a shot, but this this is a, a really good Oklahoma team right now. In fact, uh, I did my um, average game grades, and right now they're coming up number seven in the country. They're outgaining opponents by 245 yards per game. That offense looks explosive, and I think the offense will have success here at Cincinnati. They're going to be prepared. It's a tough environment. Cincinnati's got a great record at home. I uh, love the way Emory Jones is playing so far for the Bearcats. They're averaging 239 yards per game on the ground. But Oklahoma will concentrate on that. They're going to take away the run, and I think that's going to put the focus on Jones throwing the ball and could have a couple of turnovers. I just think Oklahoma is the better team and capable of passing this road test here. I like the Sooners uh, to go on the road and get the, the get the win. And Phil and Lawrence, we have a Jayhawks team. Looked a little sluggish on the road at Nevada last week, facing a BYU team that marched into Fayetteville and, and pulled a nice upset. They're two unbeaten teams. Neither ranked, but a big matchup uh, in Lawrence. Yeah, two unbeaten teams. I, I, you know, defensively, Kansas has impressed me. They're only allowing 274 yards per game this year. Now, granted, they haven't taken on overwhelming offenses, but they are playing much better defensively. They've got Jalen Daniels at quarterback. And if you go back and look a little closer at that the BYU game, uh, they actually got outgained 424 to 281. So, I mean, it was a game where they were minus 143 yards but ended up on the plus side of the scoreboard. Uh, I, I like Kansas at home in this one. I believe they have the quarterback edge. I know Keaton Slovis has a 6-1 ratio, but watching him in all three games, he hasn't blown me away. Jalen Daniels can blow you away. And last week they were in a letdown spot at Nevada. Tough situation. I think they're in a better spot at home. Energized home crowd. I like Kansas to win this one. Another Big 12 newcomer, Central Florida. They get a huge test out of the gate here with Kansas State on the road, who just lost in heartbreaking fashion last week to Missouri, a 61-yard field goal from Harrison Mevis as the clock hit zeros. Phil, I mean, what what do you expect out of this one? Is this a, a situation where Kansas State lets a game beat them twice, or do they bounce back and, and take care of business against UCF? Chris Kleiman still the head coach here? Yes, that's a good point. That is a yeah. very good point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to beat Kansas State twice with Kleiman as a head coach. He's, he's outstanding. So they're going to be fired up at home off a loss. I love what Will Howard's doing so far this year. And, you know, the big question was losing uh, Deuce Vaughn. Uh, you know, Giddens yeah. and Ward, I think, have looked good. Uh, last week they had the 10-point lead a couple of times against Missouri. Just came up short in that one. John Rice Palmy probably not going to play for uh, UCF, so that's a, a, a tough situation for them. I know Timmy McLean has experience from USF. 
But uh, I got to go with Kansas State to, to circle the wagons, get this one at home, and and get back on track. And I'm I'm not ruling them out. They don't have a Big 12 loss yet. They still have that shot. If you're looking for somebody home in Texas, I'm going to go with Kansas State as that that team in the Big 12 this year. And what Mountaineer fans have been dying to hear about, Phil, two weeks ago, you picked us to beat Duquesne by 39. We beat Duquesne by 39. Last week, you gave us the tilt in the backyard brawl versus Pitt. Of course, we came out on top. This week, a 3.30 kick in Morgantown, we're facing those Red Raiders that we haven't been able to beat since 2018 as a six-point underdog. What do you see playing out in Morgantown? Yeah, I'm actually bullish on West Virginia this week. Uh, you know, you're looking at a team that gets a Texas Tech has taken a long trip. And if you follow Texas Tech, the one thing they've struggled with is going on the road. Earlier this year, they went up to Wyoming, jumped out to a big lead. But then I thought Wyoming controlled the rest of the game, ended up uh, winning that game uh, outright. And I think it might be this, a similar situation here. They're just 4-17 and 17 straight up on the road. You're looking at a West Virginia team that's 14-5 and five straight up at home. I like West Virginia's offensive line. I like the run game, and I think if you can shrink the clock against Texas Tech, frustrate them, keep them off the field a little bit, like Wyoming did. And Wyoming in that game, by the way, if you watched it, was down to their number three and number four running backs at times, uh, and even their number five running back at one point, yet they were still able to run the football for 171 yards on Wyoming. I think West Virginia establishes the run. I think Nico Marichal is a, a guy that can step in with the full practice and do a good job at the quarterback spot. And uh, this is a West Virginia team that's gaining confidence by the week. Love what they did in the backyard brawl last week. And I've got them pulling the upset here and uh, beating Texas Tech this week. Wow. How about that, Mountaineer fans? So Phil's going with West Virginia three straight weeks here. So that's good news for, the, for, for Mountaineers. Uh, Phil, last thing before we get you out of here, Texas Tech, we know they like to go up-tempo. They like to get as many snaps as possible. But what about the defensive side of the ball? Like, what what are the strengths of that unit that and the weaknesses that West Virginia needs to try to exploit? I think what they're going to have to be able to do is to establish the run. Uh, and that's that really is going to be the key in this game. Uh, and I believe West Virginia – We'll be able to do it. I think Texas Tech likes to get after you. They like to uh, send the extra blitzers and things like that. But if they can pop off a couple of big runs, slow down that uh, them boxing. And then Marichal's going to have to hit some passes to uh, keep the defense honest. That's going to really be the key. Establish the run, hit a few passes to keep the defense honest. Shrink the clock. And I, I think West Virginia takes Texas Tech out of their game. Awesome, Phil. Thank you so much once again uh, for joining us here on In the Gun. Phil Fridays, as Phil Steele will be joining us every Friday, previewing Big 12, Top 25, and, of course, the West Virginia Mountaineers. Phil, thank you so much, and enjoy your football weekend. Thanks, Phil. Hey, sounds great. Always a lot of fun talking football with you guys. Have a great weekend. For nearly 20 years, Fortis has been the nation's leader in providing guaranteed roof performance programs for commercial buildings. Fortis offers roof performance solutions that feature extensive initial and ongoing reconditioning for commercial buildings as an alternative to traditional replacement with long-term performance guarantees that are backed by global leader Lloyd's of London. Fortis offers a comprehensive range of roof performance management programs that provide financial security, extend the life of our customers' roofs, and make a significant impact on ROI. Fortis is currently improving performance and increasing ROI for customers at more than 4,800 locations with more than 140 million square feet protected, including many Fortune 500 companies that have turned to Fortis to save money, gain financial certainty, and extend the life of their existing roofs. 
Fortis has helped customers save more than $520 million in capital roof replacement costs for an average ROI of over 250%. To learn more, visit Fortis.us.com. Fortis, roof performance and financial certainty guaranteed. For more West Virginia Mountaineer football content, be sure to follow us on Twitter at In the Gun Podcast. All right, so uh, again, Phil Steele, you can get his uh, magazine at Books a Million and Barnes and Noble. Always a great time talking to him ahead of the, the college football weekend. Uh, before we get into our last thing here, quick a word from our, our sponsor, Fortis for Roof Performance and Financial Security Guarantee. Be sure to visit fortis.us.com and also our friends at Toothman Ford. We all know cars cost less in Grafton. So, Jed, we have uh, a new batch of bets here for West Virginia, Texas Tech here from the ITG Sportsbook. Uh, what, what, what are the books saying? What, what, what are we going to be picking from? Well, let's start with this. In each of these last four games, we've struggled mightily to get out of the gates uh, with any kind of decent start. They've jumped on yeah, us. Yeah, that's a good point. They've had a lead out of the first quarter. I mean, anywhere from 21 to 3 to 17 to 3 early in the second quarter. So the first thing I'm going to ask is, Will we be winning in the after the first quarter, or will we not? Oh, okay. That's going to be pretty uh, I would say with a backup quarterback, I'm going to say no. West Virginia will be – they can be tied, correct, or no? Tie goes to the house. Okay. So, I'll, <laughs> I'll go – I'll go Texas Tech leads after a quarter. It's going to take a little time, I think, for Nico – um, to kind of settle in, even though he did a really good job coming in last week, he didn't ha- be, he wasn't asked to do a whole lot in the passing game. But I think it's going to take him a little time, going to take Neil even maybe a little bit of time to kind of settle into the flow of the game uh, with a new quarterback under the under center. So I'm going to say Texas Tech has the lead after one uh, quarter of play. Well, we're, we we are acting under the assumption just based on the information we have that yes, that is true. Here it's out, you know, and but I'm not ruling one way or the other. Mm-hmm. He could come out and start. He's going to come out and start. Uh, but either way, I think from a game planning standpoint, we recognize the importance of a solid start. Uh, and, and I think we're going to find a way to be a little more aggressive, even if Nico is behind center with getting all those snaps. Uh, I think we're going to find a way to be aggressive enough to get the early start, keep the crowd dialed in. And I think after 15 minutes, West Virginia will be winning. So now, Interesting. Fourth down attempts. A year ago, Joey McGuire, and he started this when he was at Baylor on staff with uh, Matt Rule. Joey McGuire loves to roll the dice on fourth down. They attempted, oh, yeah. they attempted more fourth downs last year than one of the one of the databases that I draw from is CFBstats.com. It goes back to 2008. Texas Tech attempted 52 fourth downs last year, which was more than any power five, at least as far back as 2008 when that database starts. So they really rolled the dice on fourth down. There were six of seven in the game against West Virginia last year on fourth down. This year, through three games, they've attempted six fourth downs, two in each of the three games. Do they get back to what they were doing last year in this game? So let's say this. Over under four and a half fourth town attempts by Texas Tech. Wow, that's a really tough. That may be the hardest one you've came up with. Um, I'm gonna say, 
I'm going to go under, and I'm very nervous to do that because I feel like I'm just I'm, I'm asking for it at this point. But I'm going to go under, and the only reason I say that is because I think West Virginia is going to do a good job in their front seven of winning on first down enough to where Texas Tech's going to get in some second and longs, some second and eights, you know, not very manageable situations heading into third down. And uh, I, I just think they're going to play a little behind the chains, not a lot. But I think if West Virginia can also dictate the tempo of this game, which we've talked a lot about this week, that's the theme of this whole game. They can dictate the tempo. I think it could kind of lean into their favor to where Texas Tech, Texas Tech is not really willing to go forward on fourth down, especially if it's on their own side of the field. So I'm going to go under. Okay. Uh, I think I'm going to go under as well. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it's up two four. What right. I'm hoping <clears throat> is if the game unfolds the way we want, we get the early lead and put them in a trail position, they might be forced to do it a little more than they have recently this year. Uh, I just think it's the way those games have unfolded, the three that they've played. But it, it is strange to me that they, they didn't pick up where they left off when that served them so well last year. Uh, and they haven't been as aggressive. I think they're due to be a little more aggressive, but maybe not, not quite enough to get them to five fourth down attempts for the over under four and a half. Okay, now, rushing offense. Uh, we talked about this last week in the pit game. We both took the over 150. I didn't know how to handicap this one because – West Virginia, despite the fact in multiple games against Texas Tech, we felt good about our running game going in. We knew we had to run the ball going in. So this isn't a new concept against Texas Tech. This isn't the first time we felt good about our running game we faced Texas Tech. This isn't the first time that we knew we had to run the ball against Texas Tech. Despite all that, in these four consecutive losses, we've averaged only 77 yards on the ground, knowing we had to run it, and a couple times feeling pretty good about how we could. Their interior defensive line in particular has really had a day against us. Now, Texas Tech this year defensively is allowing 143 on the ground per game. Uh, I'm probably going to go with that to handicap it. Let's say over under 142 and a half, West Virginia on the ground. Now, again, we feel pretty good about our run game. We feel pretty good about our O-line. But we were feeling pretty good about our run game going into Lubbock last year. And we couldn't yeah. run at all against these cats. They they run that two four five defensive concept with those two big heavies on the interior. They get very active, chopping the front up with those in two two interior backers. I think we're going to find a way to our zone concepts to climb to the second level and make enough plays, lean on them to uh, to pull the over, especially irrespective of how you look at it. Let's look at it. If Garrett's in the game, he's in the game because he can run. That means yeah. he's healthy enough to run. If Nico's in the game, that means irrespective of how many snaps he's getting with the ones this week, you're still going to want to establish the run to help Nico. So either way, I think the recipe requires us to effectively run the football to have success in this game. I'm going to go with over 142 and a half. What say you? That that's a, I was going to go under for the longest time. And then you start you start spilling out those those points, but you know I, just for the the fact of keeping it a little interesting here, I will go with the under. Um, okay. But but for, to note, Tarleton State last week again it was a blowout loss, whatever. But they did rush for one forty five against Texas Tech, so take that for what you will. It may not mean anything. Um, Oregon and Wyoming also had a fair amount of success running the ball against Texas Tech, but I think if we if we don't see Garrett Green 
you're potentially losing anywhere from 20 to 40 to maybe even 60 yards rushing. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Um, but Nico Markio, obviously, he can run the ball as well. I just think if that is what happens and in, in the game plan is Nico starts, I, I think they actually may be a little bit more conservative with the quarterback run game because if you get Nico hurt, then you're down to a true freshman quarterback and then a bunch of walk-ons. So they're going to be playing it safe, I think, if that is the case and Garrett can't play. So I'll go with the under on that. Fair enough. That makes sense. That was a difficult one to handicap. I was just trying to wrap my head around what the fair number might be because we have really struggled. We've had barely three yards of carry against these guys. Yeah. Uh, And and that's when when you can't run the football effectively. We talked about this in our preview uh, yesterday. People like to talk about the fact that West Virginia was 2-0 and against Patrick Mahomes. Well, yeah, Gibby dialed some things up to confuse him. But at the same time, in both those wins over Patrick Mahomes, we ran for 300 yards. That is insane. Like enough people I, are talking about that. Yeah. So you're going to win a lot of games when you run for those, those types of yard totals. Absolutely. So that is the key to success in this one, obviously, for West Virginia, as it is pretty much every week. Run the damn football and do it with success early and often. Uh, Again, as Jed just mentioned, the preview, uh, if you haven't checked it out yet, go to our YouTube page at In The Gun Podcast. And uh, Wes Owen and Jed, they all talk about West Virginia, Texas Tech. They break down both sides of the ball. And they even get in a little X and O's this week, which I thought was a little fun. Uh, Owen kind of diving into – uh, the stretch play. That, that was a lot of fun. So if you haven't checked it out yet, go check that out. Also, we, uh, we're going to do something new. If you, if you are a loyal listener and you check out all of our episodes, we do a weekly picks. You can now be a part of those picks. And if you go four for four, I believe we're going to give you an Owen Schmidt signed rookie card. I think that's what we agreed upon uh, the other night. So if you go four for four. Yeah, we're going to start off with that. And uh, Look for our Twitter account. I'm going to put that yeah. link. It's already on there, actually. Uh, go to the Twitter account. You'll see the link. It's a Google, Google poll. So you just enter your email, your name, and you'll be able to do this each week. Try and beat us with our picks. It'll be fun. A little interactive thing with the listeners. Yeah, and uh, if you're trying to be Jed, it won't take you too much because he's, he's, he's sitting down there at the bottom. But that's okay. Maybe he, he comes back uh, with the first place finish this week and catches some ground. So that'll do it for us here today. That's the signal caller, Jed Drenning. I'm Skylar Callahan. Uh, we thank you guys for watching uh, again, Phil Steele every Friday and the preview is up. We've got some more stuff coming up. Uh, Monday we'll be back to recap the game and kick off TCU week with big daddy. And, uh, that'll do it for us here today. So the one thing that we ask of you is to be in here and tell in here about your new favorite WB football podcast. You've been in the gut. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.